Well, it wasn't quite Georgia versus TCU, but the Predators run away with a 3-0 win over the Ottawa Senators. We'll break down that game and talk about what's next for the Nashville Predators with this win. That's coming up today in the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you daily wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Well, 3 nothing win over the Ottawa Senators. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to this game, Ann. <laughs> uh, we could just stop right there. 3 nothing yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> that would save us, I'm sure, a lot of trouble and a lot of stuff with people listening right now, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. And we'll get to some one words in a second. First off, you know what the biggest surprise from last night is? That was UC Zaros' first shutout of the season. I had to double check. Yeah. I had to literally go back through the calendar and double check because I did not believe it. But it was. It seems like he should have like 15 right now. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 He should. It was his first shot of the season. And maybe we'll talk about this in a little bit. He might be playing his way into the Vesna conversation right now. Yep. Yep. It was it was incredible. But I was the same as you. I'm like, now, look, I know he's had a shutout. And as I went back through, what I realized was he should have had a shutout or we were shut out. Two very different statistics. So, yeah, his first shutout of the season. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, very unusual, and we'll go into more in Sars' performance. But first, in case you missed last night's game, like we said, 3 nothing Nashville Predators. Preds jumped out to a 2 nothing lead. 30-second goals apart from Roman Yossi and Jeremy Lazan. Yay, defense. Uh, early in the first period, Preds survived a big onslaught from uh, the Ottawa Senators in the second and third. Philip Forsberg, though, in the third period, put it away about halfway through with a goal on a great feed from Yuso Parsonen. Uh, it's 3 nothing final score and one word to describe last night's game. Okay, I'm throwing back into my musical vault while also looking ahead to the tickets that I have purchased. I'm going to the great wisdom and the gospel according to Barry Manilow. He has one of one of my favorite Barry Manilow songs, which is a whole nother podcast that we'll get to maybe in several years. But one of his songs is I've made it through the rain. And it just reminded me of UC Saros because, you know, there were episodes early in this season where we were like, I mean, do we want to talk about UC Saros? Yeah. Do we want to talk about some of those saves that normally he would make and that he didn't? And and it was strange, you know, we've talked about Saros as traditionally a little bit of a slower start, but there was a couple games where we were like, I mean, he's going to get his groove back, right? Yeah. And he did. And so for me, UC Saros made it through the rain. 
he found himself respected by the others who got rained on too. So for me, made it through the rain, Barry Manilow. That is the song that you see sorrows as I'm sure humming as he wakes up this morning, knowing, Hey, got my first shutout of the season today. Look at me. Hard to top Barry Manilow, isn't it? Yeah. I was trying to remember the Barry Manilow song. Okay. I get Barry Manilow and Michael Bolton confused. No. Oh, gosh. One plays piano, one plays saxophone. Two very, although Michael Bolton might play piano, but he doesn't play it like Barry Manilow does. Who, who plays which? Michael Bolton plays the saxophone. Okay. Barry Manilow sings Copacabana. Even now, Mandy, Can't Smile Without You. I write the songs. I made it through the rain. You can, I could go on. You could be making stuff up right now, and I'd be like, okay. The only I'm a hundred percent not. I could sing you every word of every one of those songs I just named. But again, different different style podcast. We're not here for that today. Uh, we should. If there is ever a very bad game that we have to cover, we should just have Anne singing. We her. should just describe it in. Yeah. We should play a game called like. Did Matthias Ekholm say this or did Barry Manilow say this? And I'll just read a sentence and you'll have to guess, like, is this what the defense said after that game? Or is no. this something Barry Manilow said after Mandy left him? No, you are you are the wind beneath my wings. Oh, that's got to be a song, right? Nope, that's that's no. you, Roman Yossi talking about uh, UC Saros <laughs> performance. I am 100% here for this activity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We, we got to have the Preds say some more colorful sound bites, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and I'm going to go a movie uh, okay. for my one word. Uh, and that movie is Argo. Now, oh, yeah. if you just watch the end of Argo, Ar Argo after they I was combining two words, after they rescue mm -hmm. uh, the hostages in Iran, it's just they go out in front. They're like, yeah, we had a rescue operation and we got these hostages out. And you're like, oh, wow, yay. What you don't see in the two hours before that yes. is the pure drama and suspense uh, where, you know, everybody's on the edge of the seat. You know, they almost get caught a few different times. That first time they have to go out in public as like the Canadian film crew. And it's like you're wondering, it's like, is somebody going to recognize them? It's like these, these like they know if they get caught, it's like an automatic death sentence. There's so much drama. There's the airport scene where they they have all these little twists and turns that get stopped several times. And then they're like, you know, they're seeing the, you know, the military chase the plane as they're taking off. And it's like, oh, my God, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? You don't see that drama. And if you just looked at the final score yesterday, mm -hmm. if you just tuned in, it was like, oh, three nothing Preds win. You didn't see a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. You didn't see the five penalties, five power play opportunities given up by Nashville, which we said you can't do. Um, you know, Ottawa had five, too, so it kind of evened out. Would have been nice if the Preds took advantage of that. You Just didn't one or two. Yeah, you didn't see like the big onslaught of chances, especially yeah. late for the Ottawa Senators that UC Saros had to come through and make some really good saves on. You didn't see a lot of the other chances broken up by the Preds defense, some good opportunities in which the Preds got a body in front of the net, uh, you know, a body in front of the puck, broke up some plays. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth drama. And look, you know, I'm making it sound like the Preds escaped by the skin of their teeth. They didn't. I mean, the Preds really 
kind of counterpunched the entire night. Like they kept up with the Senators the whole time. You know, as many, like I think the Sens had what 39 shots on goal, something like that. Yeah. 38. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Preds matched them blow for blow. I mean, the Preds had 36 chances and they themselves had some periods and had some stretches mm-hmm. where it was just like they were swarming around the net, taking advantage of, um, you know, the center the senator's play and putting a lot of stuff on net. So if you just watch the final score, it's like, okay, yeah, standard three, nothing win for Nashville, UC Saros, good shutout. You're missing a lot of not only what I thought was a pretty good hockey game in terms of action, mm-hmm. but I think you're missing a lot of, stuff behind the scenes a lot of different stories going on behind the scenes here in this one yeah this one when you describe it you're so right about the drama and everything and it reminds me of just the brief period in the game where tanner Janot got into a fight with mark castellick and they were both trying to land blows and both trying to get position and then at one point you know, the Senators player kind of went down and Tanner Janot kind of lifted him up. He's like, I'm not done. And they kept rumbling. You know, that's what this was. I mean, this really was for a final score of three, nothing. This was a back and forth battle. And there were periods of time where Ottawa was absolutely pressuring UC Saros and the defense. There were times when Nashville was generating some really great chances on the power play. Um, And when Ottawa had one of those five power plays, they spent, you know, out of two minutes, they spent like a minute 45 in front of Soros most of that time. So it was a it was an interesting game. Sometimes you hear a three nothing game and you think, oh, okay, well, didn't miss anything. There was a lot packed into 60 minutes in this game. Yeah. Uh, And we're going to talk about some of the stuff that was packed into that 60 minutes because there are a lot. We haven't even gotten to uh, some of the players yet beyond UC Saros, but we still got to talk about UC Saros and the question that I'm sure everybody wants to chime in on. How are you feeling about the Predators playoff chances? Oh gosh. That is, <laughs> don't, don't, oh gosh, we're getting paid to talk about this. Oh, That's gosh. all coming up in just one minute. But first, want to mention today's show is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to college basketball. NBA, NHL, European soccer, you name it. They got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, like the one you're listening to right now, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the games and odds happening tonight. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ann. Uh, the big star of the game last night, obviously, UC Saros. Yes. Uh, his first shutout of the season. Uh, NHL Network put out these stats on him last night. Uh, he is now tied second in games, well, up to ninth, up to ninth in wins, but he is first in quality shot or starts, first in goals saved above uh, expected, and in the top three. In a um, save percentage since the start of December. Mm-hmm. So, where does that leave him in the Thessna conversation, Anne? 
I mean, if you're talking about a goaltender who is basically the MVP of his team, you got to be talking about UC Saros, right? One would think so. And here's the problem that worries me about Saros and Vesna is that his start was not great. And again, Saros is a slow starter. This start was definitely not terrific. But I agree with you when you're looking at the Vesna. At some point in time, you have to start considering Soros in that conversation. Um, who else? I mean, Vasilevsky is having a fantastic season, but Vasilevsky, not Vasilevsky, uh, Hellebuck. Hellebuck. Yeah. And, and Lana Fomart, too. Yeah. You know, but they're also goaltenders, especially when you're talking about Winnipeg, they're also goaltenders who are winning games for their team. Yes, there are other players on the team that are performing well, but Connor Hellebuck is just, you know, winning games for the team. UC Saros is doing the same thing and he's doing it under duress. Can we just agree with that? <laughs> In his last, what, four games, he's saved 152 of 159 shots he's faced. This man has had objects thrown at him, shot at him at high velocities almost 160 times in the last, you know, four times he went to work. <laughs> so shout out to UC Saros. I think there comes a point in time, especially if he continues playing this well, where you have to start mentioning him in the conversation, because if this is how he plays right now, and if he continues to play this way and finishes the season this way, his performance alone is worthy of a Vesna conversation. The effect of his performance on where the Nashville Predators end the season also should be a part of that conversation as well. He's, yeah. I mean, he's he's playing some of the best goaltending hockey right now that we're seeing in the league. Yeah, and it's it feels like it's one of those conversations that we have for every award, it seems like. It's like, all right, is it the goaltender with the best stats or the goaltender yes. who has the best kind of, you know, if he's not there, this team is nowhere near as good as they are. Yeah. And he's kind of probably in that latter category. Um, I mean, Linus Allmark is having a, a whole thing, a record setting season in mm -hmm. Boston. So that that's something. But then uh, you factor in, look at the look at the roster that he's surrounded by. But again, you look true, at his stats alone. But, you know, it's all in how you weigh those those factors when it comes to these ridiculously ambiguous NHL awards. Yeah, and Connor Halibut also in the conversation. Um, yeah, and what else stood out to you in the game last night? Uh, last night, I thought was a really good game by Roman Yossi. Uh, interesting stat. Roman Yossi scored his 10th goal of the season in last night's game. And it is his ninth season where he has scored 10 or more goals as a defenseman. And he is only behind current players, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, who, oh my gosh, or no, he's behind Eric Carlson um, in goals this season. Eric Carlson, Rasmus Dahlin, and he's tied with Cal McCarr and Noah Dobson so far this season. But in total for defensemen, goal scoring, NHL, current players, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, and Mark Giordano, and then Roman Yossi, yeah. which Brent Burns, oh my gosh. He's had a lot of them, yes. He, dude has been around a while and scored a bunch. High five yeah. for that. But yeah, Roman Yossi, again, 
started slow, golly, you know, didn't have, you know, especially after last season, such a record setting season, franchise setting season, personal career season started a little bit slow, but things are starting to come together for a couple of the Nashville Predators players at the same time. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it happens, but, but Roman Yossi, I mean, doing Roman Yossi things. I oft, I wonder how much of that is having, um, Ryan Patrick McDonough as his partner, you know, just, I think, I wonder how much of that kind of helps Roman Yossi sort of settle in, find his game and do his Yossi-esque things. It does seem like he's able to kind of play the same style he did last year. Mm-hmm. And maybe that that's kind of maybe the change for it is because, you know, Roman Yossi was really good in his Norris year, like for sure. A lot of really good defense, yes. but he was playing a different style of game. Um, this time, you know, it seems like not only is the defense from that top pair coming back a little bit, especially like in the play in front of the net on some of those high danger chances, mm-hmm. but it seems like Roman Yossi has some more confidence to kind of go out and be that sort of sellout extra forward that he was last year that got him some of these chances. It lets him jump into the play. And yeah, in a way, it could be a lot due to Ryan McDonough there. Um, another another person, Ann, because uh, you mentioned a couple of players are starting to find their groove. And two points for Philip Forsberg last night. Uh, this is a guy who has just not stopped scoring uh, yes. since Christmas. 11 points since Christmas now. Um, and again, remember, he was a guy that was way off the pace of where he was last year, you know, and a lot of people were like, oh, well, here it goes. Like we said, all these big people weren't going to replicate what they did last year. It was just an anomaly. And he's still a little off the pace from last year. Sure. But the way he's been scoring over the past, you know, six, seven games or so, that is the pace he was on last year. So there's still time for him to kind of get back into that level he was last year. And that's an interesting conversation, and because you look, the Predators had a very, very bad start. They did not look like they were a team heading in any direction. You look at the win, you look at you know the last couple of weeks and you see this improved play, and you see these wins starting to pile up for the Preds. And then you go back and you look at some of these big guns last year who maybe weren't performing before. Guys like Roman Yossi finally getting hot. Guys like Philip Forsberg getting hot. Um, You know, Matt Duchesne wasn't on the score sheet last night, but he's somebody that's been playing better, at least quality of play. And you also look and you see guys like Yuso Parsonen having some big scoring nights or Cody Glass um, setting a place. Tommy Novak, yet another point. And you're starting to wonder, okay, the things that the Preds needed to happen to be a good team again are starting to happen. The question is whether they're happening too late, but you're starting to get glimpses of where this team is. And yeah, I mean, this is, this is probably something for our next segment, but it does make you think it's like, okay, are they trending back towards that playoff conversation again? I mean, I think or anybody wants them to or not. Well, and that's, and see, that is also a whole conversation. It's a little nerve wracking to me how late it's happening 
but it's nice to see some of these players putting some things together and saying, okay, no, they, they are who we thought they were. Statistically, there may be a variance of what their numbers are compared to last year, but they are the players that we thought that they were. What's that going to mean for the Nashville Predators? Funny I asked that. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. <laughs> but first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great partners at Athletic Greens. This is a product, Nick and I have talked about this product, and it's one that both of us use every day. And full disclosure, the reason that we started taking AG1 is because Athletic Greens sent us a box of AG1, a free sample, and it was about a year ago, and thought, okay, might as well give this a try. But I'm telling you, AG1 is a product that once you start using it, you're going to stick with it. And I'm gonna tell you why I've done that for almost a year. It is the easiest morning habit for me that has some of the biggest impact on the rest of my day. So what is this Athletic Greens AG1 stuff? It is one delicious scoop of AG1, a green powder, and you are going to drink that and absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, and it's all going to work together to help you start your day right. It is a special blend of ingredients that supports gut health. It helps your nervous system. It helps with anti-aging. Can I get an amen? immune system, energy, recovery, and focus. Taking AG1 just for a few weeks and you'll feel more awake, you'll feel more focused, and you avoid that mid-morning, that mid-afternoon lull that we all kind of fall into some days. And it is the easiest habit to change. You simply take one scoop of AG1, you mix it in with a glass of water, that's it. You don't have to get out a blender, you don't have to go out and buy and measure three or four different powders and potions to make something into a healthy blend. It comes ready for you. Mix your cup in your water, stir it up with a spoon and drink it. And here's the thing, you'll stick with it because AG1 actually tastes good. So many of these green drinks on the market you have to choke down, this isn't it. It is light, it is a refreshing taste, kind of like tropically vanilla-y without being super heavy. Easiest thing to drink, it'll take you 30 seconds in the morning to do it. And if you're starting out your new year and you're committed to eating a new way, you can still incorporate AG1. Whether you're going to eat keto, paleo, dairy-free, gluten-free, you can incorporate AG1 into any eating style. So right now, it's time for you to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. So no need to go out and buy a million different pills and supplements to look out for and improve your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ann. So uh, the NHL Network put out a clip that you retweeted um, it was about, you know, the, when talking about kind of the Preds where they are in the playoff system. And there was a good reminder, uh, you know, they're not out of it by a long shot. Mm -mm. They're still in the conversation. Um, as we've seen lately, 
they are like they're still right in the middle of the conversation. They're now seven, one, and two in uh, their last 10 games. They've won four straight. And you look back at, you know, their one, you know, everybody wants to talk about that Carolina game and how that was a stolen win. But you look back at their one loss and one of their overtime losses, actually, both of their overtime losses. And those are two games, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. I guess that's three games. Those are three games in which the Predators very easily played well enough to win. So that's with all that said, Anne, regardless of what anybody else wants, regardless of, you know, what fans want or what's coming this summer, is this Predators team as it is right now good enough to make a run towards the playoffs? Yes whether people like it or not, the answer is yes. This team is good enough to make the playoffs. This team could potentially be competitive in the playoffs. I know in Nashville, it would be a disappointment to make the first round and fall out of the first round because that's what has consistently been happening to Nashville over the last few seasons. Nobody wants that. But I go back to that Carolina game, that Carolina game that everybody bemoans and, oh yeah, we won it. Why are we celebrating? Would you be okay if that's how you want a playoff game? Would you be okay if that's what got you through the the first round? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, nobody nobody in Arizona was complaining uh, when Darcy Kemper pulled the Coyotes past the Preds. They were singing Darcy Kemper's praises, you know? Yeah. And we're looking at a Nashville team right now that was competitive against Vegas, competitive against Dallas, won against Carolina in a game that, granted, not the most attractive game, but did enough to win. They beat Washington Capitals. So you're looking at a team that can beat teams that are playoff caliber. So for me, if Nashville can keep this up, Yes, this is a team that can compete in the playoffs. And if you're looking at a team like Carolina, and if you're looking at a team like Vegas, you're probably looking at two teams that are not going to exit in the first round and Nashville could compete against them. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at standings uh, right now and Predators one point behind Edmonton for a wild card spot. And they played three fewer games. Uh, they're two points behind Calgary for that other wild card spot. And they played two fewer games. So, you know, you can easily leapfrog one of those two teams. And then, you know, everybody's talking about, Oh, can they match Winnipeg? Can they match Minnesota? They're now only three points behind the Minnesota wild. And they played the, the equal number of games and they have them on their schedule coming up. Minnesota's hot too. But you know, the thing is, and, Again, we've said it when we were talking about this at the beginning of the season, you know, when the Preds have everything they need to go right, they're they're a good team and they're seeing it now. They're getting the goaltending they need. You know, mm-hmm. they're getting their two main scorers, Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg. They're getting that. And all of a sudden, thanks to some of these younger players that they've brought up here recently, like Tommy Novak, like Yuso Parson, like Cody Glass, and even like some st- good stretch runs from players like Yakov Trent and Colton Sissons, you're getting the depth scoring that you need. And the thing is, and there's still a lot left in the tank. You know, we need to see more from Ryan Johansson. We need to see more from Matt yes. Duchesne. But yes. 
Honestly, a little bit of Mikhail Granlund too. We need to see a little bit more of that. But if all of that happens and you look at these players that still, you know, can have some room for improvement that can kind of turn on their games a little bit more down the stretch, it's it's hard not to look at the Nashville Predators and say, you know what? There is something there. There is something there. The frustrating thing has just been we haven't been able to see all of that clicking at the same time. You know, right. it's hard. We, I think we talked about this before. It's hard to figure out what the ceiling for the Nashville Predators is because it's always something. It reminds me of me being like the Detroit Tigers fan in the uh, in the early 2010s where it was like, you know, all these great teams. And then it's like we would get to the playoffs and, you know, one year our bats would be red hot and there'd be absolutely zero pitching. We lose games of playoffs like nine to eight. The next year we would have outstanding pitching like Verlander, Max Scherzer, Rick Porcello, all these players that were just firing on all cylinders and nobody could bat. And we would lose games in the playoffs like one nothing, two to one, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that just kind of reminds me of the Nashville Predators really since that 2018 um, President's Trophy season. Where it just seems like the the you look on paper and it's like, how is this team not doing well? Right. And it's it's hard because it's just like one year, you know, like last year, the scoring is just absolutely red hot and we're firing all cylinders and we can't do defense to save our lives. This year, you know, the Preds defense did start out pretty, pretty well. They weren't getting goaltending. Then the defense kind of falls asleep, comes in goaltending. Now they're getting some scoring, but they're still giving up, you know, 67 shot games. And it's just, it's frustrating because I, we haven't seen the Predators, all of their pieces mm-hmm. play red hot at the same time. This might yeah. be the closest we've gotten. But it's just, you know, it's frustrating because you look at this and say, what can this team be? And I don't think we've ever really gotten an answer to that. Yeah, and maybe that explains some of the patience of David Poyle, which I know is a frustration to a lot of the fan base as far as moving this team forward. But maybe that is part of the patience of David Poyle. And where the team is at right now, things like goaltending, things like defense, things like scoring, secondary scoring, special teams, all of those different aspects of the Predators game are trending in the right direction for the first time. Now, they're not all where they need to be at peak. You know, we still have to kind of bring up the defense a little bit. Still need to get secondary scoring. God bless Tanner Janot. We thought he had the gate or we thought he had the goal last night. Willie Donick is like, Tanner Janot, you know, it happened. It happened. Tanner Janot broke his scoring drought. And then it was like Steve Harvey announcing the wrong Miss America. Oh, (laughs) sorry. That goal goes to Jeremy Lazan. Oh, my God. Gosh, but if you get those things that are all trending in the right direction, improving just a little bit, then you're going to see what this Nashville Predators team is. Then you're going to see what this roster can do. And I'm hopeful for the first time this season, and I'm probably hopeful for the first time in a couple of seasons that Nashville may, we may actually get to see all of these things performing well all at one time, knock on wood. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, again, like we've said before, if they're still in the conversation, the playoff conversation, 
uh, come trade deadline, you're probably not going to see a lot of roster moves, whether people think that's the right move or not, they're probably not going to see it. Um, You know, if the predators, you know, get to the first round and get bounced out again early, if they just barely miss it, you're probably going to see some things happen this summer to kind of refresh this team. But that's for the summer, you know, for us. And, you know, I think it was Matias Eichholm uh, that said, you know, about the winning streak. It's like, you know, we're just taking it kind of one day at a time at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of needs to be the attitude for the Nashville Predators right now is just see how you do tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They, after that, see how you do against the Montreal Canadiens. I think if we're, well, you know, we're going to keep talking about it because we need content, Anne. But Very true. But, you know, if you're the Nashville Predators, you can't really focus. And this is true for the players in the front office. You can't really, you know, put wheels in motion for the trade deadline yet or ponder what you're going to do. Obviously, David Poyle is going to need to know his options and make some calls, and that's fine. But you don't have to make any, you know, life franchise altering decisions at moment or, you know, put wheels in motion to trade Matias Ekholm or anybody you can see where you're at down the road. And hey, if the Predators regress, if this is all just, you know, a mediocre team having a really good run right now, then that's what it is. And, you know, whether it's a trade deadline or end of the season, you will see, you know, maybe some wheels in motion for, you know, a bigger rebuild. But for now, just focus on winning the game you're playing. Mm -hmm. Just go out and focus. Yeah, just beat Toronto, beat Montreal, Come home and beat Buffalo. That's going to be a tough task. That is going to be a game. Just win these games one and a one. Take it day by day and then see where you're at. Then see what you need to do. Yeah. That's, and that's I think true it, for the Preds and their fans. I was just going to say that. And I think that's true for all of us as we sit and watch because – Six weeks ago, would we have thought the Nashville Predators would be where they are on this five-game road trip? Would they be where they have been since, you know, the end of December, you know, as competitive as they are, headed in the right direction? Let's just see what this team can do. Let's just see what this team can do. Who And, and honestly, you know, injury... You could, there's any number of factors that could decide it, but right now the Nashville Predators are trending in the right direction in the areas in which they need to do that. Let's see where they go with patience, um, please. (laughs) With patience, please, uh, for a lot of different people. Um, well, we'll see how they do tomorrow night. Preds play the Toronto Maple Leafs, we'll have a preview of that game tomorrow. Plus, like we said, we needed content. So we'll play a little bit of Would You Rather tomorrow. Go through a couple scenarios, some of which maybe have to do with some trades. Some of this maybe have to do with long-term future for the Nashville Predators. We'll do that tomorrow as well. This is going to be an interesting conversation. Um, Until we get there, though, Anne, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. 
you can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're on Twitter, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. However you are listening to us right now, whether you're streaming us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll always know when you have fresh content out. Plus, it really helps us out. So thank you for that. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every single day. We'll be back tomorrow with Preds Leafs Preview. We'll see you then.